What's going on, everybody? This is Ezra McNeil, and you're now tuned into Real Talk with Ezra. It's been a while. Um, yeah, I haven't done an episode since about the beginning of May. Why? I I had to take a break. Uh, school had ended, and you know, I just had to give some time to myself. Um, because everybody needs time for themselves, you know. But I'm back, and I'm starting a series called "Mommy Knows Best" with my mom. Um, and it's all about real issues still from, from my perspective, but also my mother's perspective, because she knows a lot too. And, you know, you can never have wrong information from your mom. Um, so, hey mom. Hey Ezra. How are you? Phenomenal. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. I can't complain. Uh, so by the way, well, yeah, now I'm, I'm back home that too. So I had to, uh, leave Virginia, then go to north carolina to stay with my dad for a few and then come back to new york because i had gotten an internship but besides that let's get into the nitty-gritty so this episode for the first summer series episode is about forgiveness now for those of you who are 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 resentful you know angry towards people who hurt you in the past this episode is definitely for you um because you shouldn't have that, honestly. Because if you want to grow, you can't let others hinder your growth from the past, right? You know? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So let's dig deep. For those who really don't know the definition of forgiveness, it is the action or process of forgiving, forgiving, excuse me, or being forgiven. Now, let's dig into forgive. Forgive means to stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offense, flaw, or mistake. Now, this, I guess this topic was on my mind for a while because uh, friends of mine have told me, you know, about their, about their past and, you know, people who hurt them, um, best friends to even fathers and mothers to even, you know, going in, in instances as, uh, their friends, you know, being actually killed and, and still being angry about, you know, the one who had, you know, took their friend's life and, and such. So it was heavy on my heart because it's just like you can't you can't you can't really be happy while you still have the person or that that's someone that, you know, did you wrong still in in the back of your mind. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, um <clears throat> Forgiveness comes, there's a lot of areas um, that you can di- really discuss when it comes down to forgiveness. Um, I, I listened to your definitions of forgiveness, but when forgiveness, when you really deal with the root of forgiveness, it always goes back to the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the best models that we call the model prayer is the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray in Matthew chapter 6. And um, so that right there, Jesus is and will always be the epitome of forgiveness. And so until we actually learn from him what forgiveness is, we will never be able to forgive. And most times we don't want to forgive because it takes us to a place where we have to look deep down in, in ourselves, right. you know, where we have to ask for forgiveness for ourselves as well. And we are living in a society and a culture now where we want people to always forgive us for the things that we do, but we don't want to forgive people's of the things that they've done to us mm. um, or vice versa, I should say. Um, and then, you know, people have this cliche, oh, you know, I'll forgive, but I'll never forget. Then you're not walking in forgiveness. Right. Forgiveness is a day-to-day lifestyle. Right. It is something that is continuously practiced every single day. So how can you, therefore, um, want to learn to forgive if, number one, you have not learned to forgive sometimes yourselves for the mistakes that you've made for yourself? And what we don't want to do is we never want to look at ourselves. And forgiveness, um, when it comes, even like I said, we always go back to the word of God. Um, for those that, you know, read their Bibles or whatever, that's where forgiveness began. So uh, the Bible was written in Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. And 
if we look at the word forgiveness, um, there also that word comes with the word transgression, mm-hmm. trespass. And depending on if you were speaking Greek, Aramaic or Hebrew was depending on which word that they used in their speaking of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And which also meant that there either was to how they talked and how they went about. Um, even when Jesus was teaching his disciples <clears throat> and when he was teaching them how to pray, um, he said, this is how you pray. He was like, you start off with our father. Um, because there is a way that you, in which you approach God in honoring in your prayer. So he was teaching them um, the structured pattern. He was saying, you know, and in chapter five, he was saying, you know, don't be like these hypocrites saying all these vain words and saying all this stuff and doing all these vain repetitions, you know, wanting to be seen, getting your vain glory. You know, this is how you do it if you want to get your answer, your prayer answers from God. So when we're talking about forgiveness, again, we're talking about forgiveness, but there is a process to forgiving and learning how to forgive. And most people do not want to work out the process. They want to just say, okay, well, I apologize and that's it. Or, you know, if I say, okay, whatever, and it's over, you know, you you don't want to be heard. You know, you just feel like if I just say, okay, well, I'm sorry, then you just get over it. Yeah. It's not that easy. Right. Especially when you're saying, you know, there are some people that, um, some of your friends that have lost loved ones or um, some type of atrocity has happened in their life and they can't figure out because God forbid if it was a murder, you may never see that person again because they got locked up. So how do I now forgive a person that took away a loved one, best friend or whatever and I never get to see this person. All I know is that they they got locked up, they're in jail, they're doing time for right. you know what the court says is just. Right. But then now I'm lost with this hole in my heart. I want to give you, and like, there's a perfect example of that. When I was in North Carolina with, with Dad, um, there I was watching CNN, and there was a uh, that that show with Van Jones, and you know, talking about stuff with the criminal system mm-hmm. and what and whatever. So, the episode was about a man. Um, I can't remember his name, but he was like well known in the Bay Area. In 1997, his daughter was was killed um, in like a sort of a drive-by shooting, but she was the wrong one that mm-hmm. they were, you know, uh, looking for. So 20 years later, he <clears throat> met the person that, that killed his daughter, and he was just like, in the whole conversation, it, it almost made me cry because it was, to see him so strong, um, and to actually forgive the man asking like, you know, I, I just want to know what, what made you do it? What happened? Just tell me about the night that the incident happened. And the, the one who killed his daughter was, was just so, so sorry for what he did. And at that age, mm-hmm. he just didn't know what he was doing. Cause he was also at the wrong place at the wrong, wrong time, time and whatever like that. And then just right at the end, he had a, it was just a, 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 pregnant pause and then just said I forgive you and it it was just like wow right because most people don't realize um I mean you know we had a situation like that you know with with Roosevelt where um you know here is a person who I've I dated if you will five years and in the midst of it his daughter gets killed randomly because of a reckless car accident and um She's, you know, about to go to high school and she dies. And now his only biological child is dead, mm-hmm. you know, um, and negligently, negligently. Um, the person was driving a car. He felt it was more important for him to pick up his cell phone when it was ringing and take his eyes off the road and crash into a tree than it was for him to be paying attention and let that phone call go and just, you know, pull over to the side of the road and do it. And here this child is. And she gets instantly, you know, killed on impact. Right. So now this man is left with, you know, this hole in his heart, which ultimately kind of separated our relationship. And so that was another death in another form. Yeah. Um, and then here he had to do where the whole town literally wanted to lynch this young man. He had to figure out a way. Not only am I a pastor, but I'm a father. So now I'm having to wear dual roles. And how am I going to walk out this process in front of my family and my community, my community and the God that I serve? And what am I going to do? Yeah. You know, how am I going to grieve in this process? 
and let this young man know that, yeah, I can forgive him. And how am I going to do it and still allow, you know, God to heal my heart? Because now I will never see her graduate from high school. I will never see her graduate from college. I will never see her get married and have her children. These I'm never going to have these other futuristic things that we all think Mm -hmm. that as parents that we're going to have. It just got taken away randomly, unexpectedly. But yet he gets to live out his life. You know, to have these things, and I don't get that. So there are a lot of things um, that go on in the process of forgiveness that we definitely have to look for. Then you have the other side where, you know, if you want to be forgiven, then you have to forgive. And when you have to forgive, that means you have to take good, deep-seated look at the things you've done to people mm-hmm. and how you have trespassed people right. and get past those things. And you need to go back and apologize to people that you have done wrong to. Right. Um, and part of what I, what I love when I was um, really studying, again, you know, Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic, you know, trespass comes in many forms. It comes, the word violation comes up. The word, um, 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 I was looking at enemies come up. Mm-hmm. The word um, rebellion comes up. The word unfaithful comes up. The word lawbreaking comes up. Mm-hmm. So there are things that we use in our English language today that if you have to look at your life, how many times have you done that in a day? Mm. How many times have you broken just those five words in a day? And so when someone, if someone violated you and you're like, well, I can't forgive you. Well, how many times does someone need to forgive you? So that when the scripture says that the Lord, how many times do we ask when the disciples ask, well, how many times do we forgive? And the Lord says, Jesus says seven times seven. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, that's what he meant. Because in one day you can break all these covenants in one day. And yet, and still you want to pray that God forgive, you know, you, but if you can't forgive them, your them, what they do to you. Right. Then why should God in heaven forgive you? Right. So if you're not even willing to, um, if you're not even willing to look at your own self and look at your own life and look at the things that you do to others, I don't care if it's lying, cheating, and we can lie by omission. We can lie intentionally. Mm-hmm. We do other if you will, what I would consider immoral things that we should not do because you think you just got away with something. Mm. But did it cause ultimate harm to someone else? Yeah, because you made somebody believe something that was not a truth. And other people either made decisions predicated on what you said or did something other than what they would have normally done had you told the truth in the first place. So now, do they have a right to be angry with you? Because now that you got your lie got exposed, you can't be angry. Mm-hmm. And most people get they get angry. You only get angry because you got caught. That's true. That's when the anger comes in. But what did you do? You lied. So what did you do? You trespassed on somebody else's belief. So does that mean that you 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 have the right to be mad? No, you don't because you committed an atrocity. Yeah, I always I always look at like. I, I, what are you saying? Like, I, I can't be mad at somebody that, that has done something to me because maybe I've done, done it to somebody else. So I know, especially like for, for guys, let's be real. Um, sometimes we do dumb things and when it's done to us, we just want to put the blame, get angry, not even, you know, want to, you know, be involved with, with that person um, or those people anymore, mm-hmm. but we forget that maybe what if, you know, you were in their shoes, right? Like when, whenever you did something right. to whoever, right. And as I've told, you know, plenty See, of people, people only before, get angry, yeah. they, they don't get angry as long as they're doing it and don't get caught. They right. only get angry when they have been exposed right. because then that means the people that you did it in front of because you wanted to impress so much now have found out that you really are a liar. Mm. You are a deceiver. And so now you put your character and your integrity into question to people that were trying you were trying to impress in the first place. Mm. 
So again, so forgiveness comes with so many umbrellas of things that you have to look at your own life first before you can start judging and criticizing others when they're asking you, well, can you forgive me? And especially when they're doing it in sincerity. You know, I remember t- telling you one time, so you, when you called me one night over something, and I said, if this person, every time you're together, is going to keep bringing up what you did, then they have not forgiven you. Right. And is it worth it? Right. Because if it's not, then you need to separate with that relationship. Mm-hmm. Because then it's going to be a problem. Period. And they have the right to, especially if they already have issues concerning um, men or women or people lying to them or whatever the case is, it's unhealthy. Yeah. And when people, when you have to start dealing with other individuals and again, you're crossing other people's boundaries you and other people's hurts and fractures in their lives, you have to look at every area and find out because everybody has some type of brokenness in their life. True. So when you start talking about trying to get clarity, trying to get understanding, oh, I just want you to forgive me. Some people just ask for forgiveness just to get a free pass to do it over again. And if I say to you, yeah, you know, I forgive you. Okay, I can be genuine in saying I really do forgive you, but that doesn't give you a free pass to do it again. And some people, because they've been pacified with that for so long, don't really understand what true forgiveness is. Because I have, I counsel too many people to know that people now are just in a state of just get over it, get quick, let's move on. And I'm just going to do it again where there's no true accountability. And they just want something, a real quick fix just to say, I did it. I, you know, I'm getting over it and you should too. One thing that I also noticed um, in regards to forgiveness is that if somebody hurts you, you don't, you're not obligated to go back to that person or, you know, be involved with the people who hurt you. I, I've, I've sort of kind of realized or just understood that you can forgive somebody, but just keep your distance. Well, let's look at Jesus, what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. Judas betrayed Jesus. Right. And this is where the mental, this is the mental part of, of, of forgiveness and what unforgiveness will do to you. Because you have to forgive yourself for the things that you do, the, 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 the trespassing that you do to others. Yeah. Judas was a part of Jesus' team. Yeah. That was one of his ride or die boys. But Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him, right? All right, so now that Judas betrays him, the mental capacity, the mental strain, the stress of the treachery that Judas did towards Jesus was so much plagued him so bad that he he committed suicide. So now, just imagine... If this happened in scripture, Jesus, even though Jesus knew it was going to happen, Judas did not know the ramification and the stress it was going to cause him for the betrayal. So now he put himself in a position of not understanding. It wasn't just about the 30 pieces of silver. It was about you broke the relationship. You broke the friendship. You broke the trust. Trust. You ate with Jesus. You walked with Jesus. You was on the inside. You watched how he moved. You watched how he ate to the point when they said, well, when, when we see him, let us know who he is. So you knew Jesus every inside move. And that was his half brother, correct? Not that, not that one. Okay. okay, Yeah. But, but hear what I'm saying? Because sometimes people will watch you. To know where that weak spot is to betray you. Wow. And so that G- so Judas watched Jesus enough to know how to betray him. And so now, but him not realizing what the mental ramification of that was going to be, he couldn't fix it. He could not fix what he did. Mm-hmm. Though Jesus loved him, he knew he could not fix it and it was too late for him. Because he could not forgive himself for what he did. Right. So though Jesus loved him, Jesus did not expect him. Well, I'm, I, let me just say, I don't. There's no way in Scripture that says that Jesus expected him to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. But would we expect somebody to kill themselves because they betrayed us? No, we do not. Especially when we genuinely say that we do forgive you. Right. But again, when you don't forgive yourself because you knew your heart was black. And the deception and the manipulation that you conjured up, you took time to plot, plan, scheme, and to strategize on how you were going to do this. 
that's not something that just happens overnight. Right. That is a developmental process that you took time enough yeah. to do in order to do it. So now that you've done it, you are too far deep in to figure out how to get out of this. Right. And so now that you've sold your soul too, the price paid for Judas was he committed suicide because he couldn't handle it. Hmm. Jesus forgave him, right. but he could not forgive himself. Wow. That's powerful. So now you have to understand, again, forgiveness runs extremely deep. So when people say, well, yeah, I forgive, but I don't forget, can then we, you didn't forgive that. Can we talk about more, uh, more about that? Because I, I wrote down, like, uh, a clear mind, you have mm-hmm. a clear heart. Mm-hmm. So when people say that they, they forgive, but they didn't forget, like... The issue would be this. I'll take your father. When we divorced, I truthfully did not have any animosity against him at all because I already knew what I was dealing with when I had to deal with him. Mm-hmm. I knew his personality. I already knew. It was no need for me to be mad and angry. What was I going to be mad and angry for? To make myself bitter? Right. Really? No, I'm not going to do that. So to some point when people say, well, forgiveness is not for them, it's for you. Yeah, it was for me too. Because again, if I ever want the Lord to hear my prayer, I have to be have a clean heart. A clear mind so that I can be forgiven too. Because again, those same five things that I could possibly do in one day, I need the Lord to forgive me too. I need other people to go back and say, you know, I apologize. I didn't mean to do it intentionally or whatever the case is. I need to rectify it. And you always need to keep yourself in a clean space where that you can always be absolutely clear and cognizant of what you're doing. Okay. Your father left. Didn't hear from him until he showed up when you was about to go to college. That was four years ago. Okay, no child support, didn't bring me a glass of water, didn't buy you a glass of water, nothing. (laughs) Okay, so it just is what it was. But what you never heard come out of my mouth, I never talked about him and I I never let people talk about him around you. Because at the end of the day, he still was your father. So in order for you and for me to protect you as a parent and to teach you how to still walk in love, I would even say to you, Ezra, do you want to call him? He's like, no, I don't want to. I had to show you how to love him from a distance in a different way, to honor him in a different way. At least you had respect for him in a different kind of way and then let you kind to walk into your own way of understanding who he is. Right. Without um, me being influential of your feelings toward him. Right. Uh, I, I could say how, how I respected him more was when he called me mm-hmm. and, and actually asked, asked for my forgiveness. Right. Um, because I knew from from then, I only saw him sometimes, you know, at, right. at churches wherever we were. Right. Um, but then when he called me that day, and you know, just just told me everything right. on on his side, right. you know. So he, it was just it was really eye opening to see someone do that because I I never saw anybody really just put everything on the table mm-hmm. and basically say you know. Here I am. This is what I've done. I I can't take it back. But I know that the person who I am now and who I'm trying to be in the future is not the person that was when I was doing and doing the things back then. So it was just like, wow, um, I I love you. Uh, Maybe we... Maybe we can try this out. Right. Um, And, you know, ever since then... But had I had I been... Like, I, you know, if I if I had been that broken woman and, you know, all men are dogs, you know, right, right. Uh, and, and you, you know, all of that, then that could have turned out a different way. Yeah. You know, and that's that's one of the things about brokenness when you're just broken and you have unforgiveness to the person that break you. You cannot go through the process of putting that even into your children. You cannot continue to even feed yourself. You know, you still going, you know, he didn't pay a dime in child support. But what did I have to do? I still had to support you. Right. I still worked. Thank God I was able to have a job where I can work from home and I still was attending all your recitals. I came to all, you know, everything. I was PTA president. I was able to, my life afforded me whereas I was still around to be there for you and still be able to do the things that I needed to do. Mm -hmm. Some people don't have that luxury, but in the same token, you know, I had to try to be, have that 
I wanted. It was my desire for you to have that balance because I now had to become mother and father in a different kind of way. No, I was never trying to be a woman raising a male child because I'm a woman. I don't know what it is to be a man. That's number one. So women cannot train men how to be men. They're not. They can only teach them how to be the man that they hope they would ever be in their life. The man that they want to be. So... Being that I have always had male friends, I had always good male friends. And I had male friends that had sons, and I had good male friends. So my good male friends, I would call them up and be like, yo, Ezra is like doing this and that. Listen, that's normal. I need advice. Mm-hmm. Or they would even come over to the house and talk to you. Yeah. Am I right? No, and right. So, so, you know, I had that so that other men would be able to speak into your life where it took over the absence of your father not being here. You had your grandfather, you know, you had your great uncle, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you had my male friends predominantly that would come over or they'll call me, yo, what's up with Ezra? What is he doing? So, um, had I been bitter against your father, it could have turned out a whole different kind of way, yeah. you know? Um, but I didn't want that. I didn't want the weight of that. I didn't want to be waking up every day. Like, ah, is he going to call me that? Ah, yeah. Who wants that type of mental Pressure. And that's a distraction too. It is. And it will keep you so unbalanced and so focused and keep you dwarfed in a set part of your life where you will never grow in advance. Right. And then you always wonder why that you're always in a struggle or you wonder why that you keep getting these same kind of people in your life because you as that person who have who have still holding on to this unforgiveness are stuck in this way. You know, if you are a, a, a young girl who your father may have left the home. Okay, it first of all, it's not your fault. Right. That your parents did not make it, whether they were married or whether they did not, or your father left, whatever the situation was. You as a child, and your father not being there, it's not your fault. They chose what they chose. And again, your father chose, he knew you existed. He was there when you were born. He knows you were here. So, but he chose after the divorce, to walk away and maybe it was good for him too because he was not ready to be a parent period and i had to accept that you are not ready okay cool no problem and everybody handles pressure differently and if he needed to walk away maybe it was good for him to do that in order for him to get his life together Mm -hmm. because i would have rather you do that than for you to come with a whole bunch of junk and nonsense and drama and Right. It could turn out something different. Right. So we have we must look deep when we're talking about how to forgive. And if the door of opportunity is open for you to have a dialogue with the person that broke you to bring about a healing of forgiveness, do it. Do it cautiously, but at least do it because you will never know what's said right. until you have those conversations. Yeah. And so if you don't have the conversation, you can't be mad on it never happened. So if they're reaching out to you, it's a phone call. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it could be a text it's message. A simple phone call, it, yeah. It can saw it can answer a whole lot of questions that every day you're sitting here worrying and concerned about that it could just take one conversation that can just answer everything. Right. But we don't want to. We want to put a whole bunch of stuff on. We want to add extra emotions into a lot of things. We don't want to we don't want to have the patience to sit and listen and learn and everything we want quick, fast, and in a hurry. It doesn't happen that way. Life itself is not that way. And if we don't really understand what it is, one, we must take retrospect and and introspect of ourselves on who we are why we do the things we do, what is our mental pathology on things and concepts and ideologies and and our ethics and our moral compasses and things of that nature. You talking about you want to be forgiven, well, what have you done to others that you you need to go back and ask people to forgive you? You know, and then you don't want to forgive other people. Well, why? You know, we have prejudices across the board. You know, we want to categorize everything. You know, well, I don't want to talk to this one because they look like that or I don't want to be bothered with this one because of what they said. Well, do you really know it to be a fact and a truth? Mm-hmm. You know, so when we start talking about forgiveness, I mean, it comes into so many things. It's not just the fact of the person that violated you, raped you or or stepped on your toe or, or abused you or, or in, in any kind of way. Those are the bigger things. Let's deal with the root stuff. The simple day-to-day things that we say and do to one another humanistically. Mm -hmm. We have no human compassion. 
We have absolutely, we are a society devoid of human compassion and kindness. And when you have that, you have areas of unforgiveness. Why? Because you, we look at others in areas that we should not, um, and we have preconceived ideas. We become judgmental in certain ways. Uh, we become, you know, distant. We don't want to hear. We don't want to this. Mm-hmm. Why? When it's some things that are just very simple. Right. You know, and I, I sit back and I look. I was having a conversation the other day with some friends. And, and I just basically said, I'm just at a point now where, you know, like I'll be 50 this year. Highly anticipating it. Um. And um, because I, I was listening to somebody else who's going to be sixty, and I said, you know, it's just amazing that we can now sit back and look and say, some things just we've allowed we as humans have allowed society to be because we just allowed it to be. Right. We did not take the bull by the horns and say this is wrong, and stand and be the only person to stand up for what is right. So we have participated in our own demise in areas that we probably should not have. And people get mad, but you you saw it happen and you just and let you it, said nothing exactly. Let it go exactly. Um, and so go ahead. No, no, you go. So when you so when you say you know when you talk about the unforgiveness, you know then you 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 participated in some of the things that the very person that broke you you participated in it in one way or another. Right. And you allowed it, but now that it happened to you, it's like, oh my God, you know, the world stops. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you did it to someone else. Somewhere along the line, it was even if it wasn't that exact same thing, you did, you did something. something. Yeah. So now let's be accountable for what our something is. Right. And then when we deal with ourselves in our something, then we can go out and do something different. It all starts with you. Um... We talked a lot about the mental side, but what about the physical side of of forgiveness and um how how having that mindset of or even your emotions are connected to your health. Yeah. And so when your when your emotions are damaged, it brings about a damaged health. And there's a scripture for it. I can't think of it, but I'll, I'll when we do another episode, I'll definitely have the scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I know, like the, the one scripture says, "A merry heart doeth good as medicine." Um, so that means, and then the, there's another scripture that says, "The joy of the Lord is your strength." So uh, uh, the Bible says, um, "Have peace with all men." So there are many scriptures that deal with your emotional state and conditions mm-hmm. that will help you to rejuvenate your physical body. Um, and don't get me wrong, I'm not just preaching scripture. I'm saying it because that's what who I am. Um, but just, you know, in science, and all science is doing is taking biblical principles and making it science, if you will. Mm-hmm. So if you know that your bones are dry, then get some joy. Mm-hmm. That's scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, they, t- they tell you to meditate. The Bible says to meditate in the word day and night. So people doing yoga and meditation, obviously you're doing it for a reason. Why? Because they tell you to zen and get focused and all of that stuff. Well, yes, because it gives, there is an area of peace that will abide mm-hmm. there. Right. So again, when you are, when you are meditating and processing on the positive things, I remember when I was in seminary, I had to do uh, a paper on cognitive thinking and um, there's, there is, I did it on neuroplasty. And so your brain cells actually can die off and or rejuvenate, regenerate itself on your process of thinking. Mm-hmm. So, um, Dr. Her name is Dr. Caroline Lee. She did a couple of books. Um, and I have them now that you read them and she was showing, you know, the difference between a lively plant and a dead plant. Right. And I mean, it was just, just so very interesting. And she is um, an African scientist who is happened to be Caucasian, mm. who was living here in America, who wrote these books. And she took the, she's also born again, but she is absolutely scientific. And she has had great success in recovery of patients who she has helped walk through who have been physically injured by accident, brain-wise, head injuries, whatever. And she has walked them through the process of cognitive thinking 
and how to restore their brain cells. And so when you take lessons of understanding how important it is that you what you think is what you become, what you say out of your mouth. I know that you're reading my book, Hung mm-hmm. by the Tongue. Yeah. Powerful book. That's a book I started, actually started reading in the 80s. Yeah. And then I picked it up a couple of years ago and then I started reading every that, now and again. I pick up my old books. That book is crazy. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm almost done with it. Really? But that that book is, is I'm just like, wow. Um, but... When it all comes to forgiveness and cognitive thinking, if you're still thinking about this person that that you didn't forget, mm-hmm. you forgave but you didn't forget, it like that boyfriend that broke your heart in in, in elementary school. Yeah, like, come on, like it it really just it messes with your body. Yes, it really messes with your yeah. body. I I talked to a friend, um, while I was at school, and. Because I was telling him, like, yeah, I'm going to do this episode about forgiveness. This this episode on forgiveness was supposed to happen, like, a month ago. But, but you wasn't it, Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> all things happen for a reason. And he was just, he said a quote, but it was basically how it just, thinking about those things, it could just really mess with your heart, mm-hmm. specifically. Mm-hmm. And when you have a, a bad, you know, a bad yeah. thought, and it could equal to a bad heart. Listen, Whoa. you know, these these bullying, Columbine, right. all of these things that have happened, all, all the worst tragedies that we that America has seen did not just come from somebody just one day just saying, I'm just gonna wake up somebody and I'm just gonna shoot up a school. Right. Doesn't happen. It is a mental thinking process that you have thought about, you investigated, you con- you you rallied yourself around people that of, of that same like mind of hatred mm-hmm. and you begin to breed that thing. Mm. Now, I had a conversation just yesterday. I did um, a community event and a woman was sharing with me whew, so much about her life story. I was just so... I was not prepared. Wow. <laughs> um, Cancer survivor, and she had a friend there that was cancer survivor, and I had a Stony Brook medical van and a whole bunch of people out, and it was we was doing mammographies and a whole bunch of stuff. Okay. Um, and it just so happened, <clears throat> she saw me. She was like, she asked me what was, and, she, and then she heard my husband call me pastor. She's like, oh, you're a pastor. I was like, yes, me, I am. Um, and then she was started sharing how her mother, who was Irish, was bred to hate, mm. who was directly born in Ireland. <coughs> Excuse me, came here to America. And she said... What time period? I didn't ask. And okay. so she said... Because um, she, she, this woman, has nothing to do with her family at all. Wow. Um, and she wound up getting involved in a, a, a mix. Her, her father's son is black. And long story short, she said that if it wasn't for her father, who was a policeman, who showed her that there comes hate in all colors, not just in black that you have to learn how to love all people because it just her mother because of her biracial son mm. and the mother hates her biracial son wow um and she said so i learned that if she said even though his the father is no good she said but if it wasn't for the fact that my father taught me that i still have to accept all people she said i could have turned out to be like my mother wow. and she just told me this yesterday wow and I stood there for a minute. I said, but I said, I said, I didn't say, I said, but someone taught you different. I said, so if you were not in a position, whether it be in your household or outside influences, if someone did not take the time to teach you differently, you could have wound up to be like your mother. Mm-hmm. And that's what's where we are at this society now. You have the young people who don't want to be called son because they don't want to be fathered. Then you have another generation where, you know, they just have absolutely no regard for humanity whatsoever. So the hate of America is on a, the all-time high that I've ever seen. So because, you know, saving animals is more important than saving unborn children. That's more important. We, we're now, you know, we're passing laws. Just kill babies. Just, just kill them because we have no regard for life. At all. And then we have no regard for the unspoken voice. So, you know, we're now turning, you know, murderers into more murderers. Mm. Um, so 
it's so much that going right there, on. That's a whole different that's topic. That's a whole though. different topic. Yeah, they're, 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 that's a whole different topic. Yeah. And that's only something that it was a revelation to me for what I had done. But um and I've and I've had this conversation with so many people so far. The even the mental ramifications of abortion that women have that no one wants to talk about. Mm. They talk you know, I read the other day that a woman said, Well, you know, um making women have children is like slavery. What? Wow. So getting back to this though, um, so yesterday was a blessing for me because you know me, I'm all about community. I'm always involved. I'm always you know talking to people and stuff like that. And to hear some of the things that some of these people have lived with and gone through, um, it's amazing. And yet and still, and now we're now we're still saying we're going to breed this into another generation. When is it going to stop? Mm-hmm. And so if you're not looking and dissecting what what the roots are and what is happening we're not going to survive as a society. I don't I don't I don't see it. And I remember my grandfather saying before he passed away, he's like if it's going to be like this, I don't even want to be here. And 2 days later he was dead. Wow. In church. Like so I get now why he said what he said. Wow. He was like, if this is the way the world is going to be, and he said, this next generation is going to be in control. He said, and if the Lord called me home right now, I'm ready to go. And in two days, he was dead. That's crazy. So we have to definitely start looking at ourselves. We we keep talking about this change, but the change will only happen when we are truthful with, with ourselves. ourselves. Right. Period. You know, you, you we see people in the street that may be homeless. You don't know what their conditions are. We walk over them daily. What do I do? I always make, especially if I'm eating and I'm finished. I was like, I'm not, you know, I'm not really gonna take it home. I wrap it up tightly because you know there's someone's gonna eat it out of the garbage. Mm-hmm. I wrap it up, package it up just like if I would take it home, right. and I dump it in the trash, because just knowing that I know someone's going to eat it. That doesn't mean that I have to give them my leftovers, even though they may be leftovers. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't feel like you have to just give the scraps. And we, some of the simple things, mm-hmm. simple things. And so, human, just humanity, humanity. Um, and so when we talk about forgiveness, it's just, and then every day is like, God, forgive me for what I do. You know, I may do something that I really didn't realize that I really did. But just in case I did, Lord, I really want you to forgive me for what I did. Right. Maybe I did trespass against someone today. I don't know. Maybe they will never tell me that I did. Mm-hmm. Because that's another thing. People be angry at you and you don't even know why they angry at you. And you don't know what you did. And you remember when? No, right. I don't. Right. No, I don't. Did you tell me I did this? Yeah. No, but it was six months ago. Well, okay, then six months ago you should have told me. But you know what? You're telling me today it's the seventh month. I apologize. Right. Do you forgive me? And if they say, no, I don't, then you know what the Bible says to wash the dust from your feet and move on. Mm. Because now at least we had the conversation. At least we're on, we, we may have to, we may have to agree to disagree. Right. And then we separate. And then when they're ready, I still have to have an open heart if yeah. they come back and return. Right. Or however way it works. I have people that I know that you know, the Lord just separated our relationships because we outgrew each other. Every now and again, we'll talk. But, you know, I know how they get down. So I'm just like, God, I'm in a different place. I don't want that. And the Lord will just work yeah. it out. That's what I was saying. How, like, you you can, for, you can forgive somebody, but you don't have to keep them in your life. You yeah. know, for, for that time, it was good for that time. For that then, time in that season. And some, people, some of us get so connected to relationships that we feel that we're going to be best friends forever. No. The relationships are for a time and a season. Mm-hmm. And while you're in these relationships, you have to categorize how long it's going to be. Because everybody is not meant to be in your life forever. True. You learn what you can learn. You give what you can give. And when the time is over, just go forth. you just, and you don't separate on bad terms. It's just a separation that will automatically, organically just happen. Right. Because... You're going in one way, they're going in another way, and his life is fine. Yeah. But when you get locked down, like, this is going to be my in-all, be-all, mm-mm. It's not meant to be that way. Everybody has a cycle. Life has a cycle. You get four seasons. You know, you get 12 months. 
You get 52 weeks. Everything is time, season, and it's always evolving. Everybody is not meant to stay, and nor will everybody stay in your life forever. Mm-hmm. No way. Mm-hmm. No way. And forgiveness is a day-to-day process. But if you don't start taking inventory of your life on what you do to people and how you treat people. And I was reading this morning. You, matter of fact, you you do do to... And I mean, you know, people say, oh, you do to others, you know, the way you... Not, but but it's more than just that. Because if you're if you mistreat yourself, I've never seen if you mistreat yourself, you will always mistreat other people. Mm. Well, that makes sense. You will always. Mm-hmm. Because you don't know how to treat people. Right. <laughs> that's you true. Know? And I think that's another problem with the uh, with, with my generation. We don't know how to it was I saw a post on Twitter, um, Especially like we, we don't know how to even have a conversation. Right. And because texting is so impersonal. Yeah. Emails can be impersonal. Yeah. And it wasn't meant for you to be a source of communication in that way. Right. But they have made it, you know, the number, the, one. the number one way and only way. And so now you are inept in social skills. Yeah. You absolutely have no vocabulary and no personal skills, and you have no way to how to. Adapt in social settings. Yeah. And then you want to say, well, I'm just an introvert. Really? Mm, no. Yeah, I, I I don't understand that at times. I mean, sometimes, yeah, it's, it's good to be, you know, if you want to be left alone, you want to be left alone. But having that that all the time is no way. It's no way. The one good thing, I, there's something I read this morning. It says, let your gift sweat in your hand until you know to whom you are to give it to. Mm-hmm. Okay, so even in your forgiveness, you got to give your forgiveness to everybody. But at the same token, everybody's not looking for your forgiveness. Mm-hmm. They're not. Some people just want a free pass. Genuinely. Genuinely. They just want a free pass. They mm-hmm. just want to be like, oh, yeah, I said it. But it's not genuine. Right. But for that part, it is for you because you still need to release it from yourself. You know, so again, th- these are things that you have to sit and say, okay, is this person worth it? Because then if they just want a free pass, you know what? Yeah, I do forgive you because you, you already know I put this, th- th- put them in category Z Yeah. because <laughs> I know what to expect from them right. and I'm not going to be emotionally broken over this anymore. That's true. Yeah. You know, but we don't want to sit and look when people show you who they are, they really are those people. Now you have to find out how much of an investment more that you're going to be. Are you? Is that going to be the acquaintance that you see at a movie, at a party, every now? Hey, how you doing? Great to see you and keep it moving. Yeah. Or are you going to be like you know these are my ride or die people, and everybody's not meant to be that part of your life. Yeah. Especially if they're they're not there to encourage you. If you have to look at assess, the the, the when when people break you, is because you have allowed them to get too close to you. And when they've allowed to get too close to you, you got to look, what did they bring to this relationship in the first place? Right. And 10 out of 10, they did not bring anything. They took away. Yeah. And now, you were the one giving all the time. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that while I was cutting grass today. I was just thinking about certain people and it was just like, what did they do? Like the things that, that I really just paid attention to, mm-hmm. like, were they were they really for me? Mm-hmm. Um, what did I learn from them? Mm-hmm. And and you know things of that nature because, is is different seasons mm-hmm. like you said before you know we only as humans we get four seasons we get fifty two weeks so s- certain people you know only there for a certain time period mm-hmm. um, and you just have just learn learn from those and just keep it pushing after you know keep it pushing and there's nothing wrong with that yeah. and people make you try to feel guilty. That something's wrong, but no, yeah. it's just called just sometimes maturity. Right. You know, at, at twenty five, you shouldn't be acting like you're fifteen. And that's another thing too. Forgiveness does bring maturity. Yes. It brings you a level 
of maturity because then you're learning how to handle yourself in an emotional state and learning how to develop yourself and learning how to learn people right. and learning how to look at people and look at the root of people and saying, okay, I understand that this person, this person also may be broken. So what they're saying now, is it something that's directed at me mm-hmm. and am I the cause or are they trying to just, you know, spew off something that's bothering them for somebody else? And am I to be a listening ear to help them divide what's going on so that they can be healed? Yeah. Or, you know, do I walk away and just don't care anymore? We have to, when you're walking through forgiveness, you become a listening ear in a different kind of way. Yeah. Which is a good thing because, you know, again, hurt people hurt people, heal people heal people. So if you want the person to be healed because you feel that that investment in their life is warranted and it's a good thing, then you need to sit and understand that everybody and somewhere along the line has had some kind of trauma in their life and have been broken in some way or form. But one, we want to heighten certain kinds of brokenness, rape, abandonment, mm-hmm. rejection. We want to heighten those things and we want to categorize those things and we want to almost praise those things. You know, we want to start foundations and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Just so that, But what happens to just something that just, you know, I just felt like right now I'm just overwhelmed. And when in my overwhelming state, I may have done something that I wouldn't normally do mm-hmm. that caused me to, you know, behave in a certain manner that I now really need to forgive myself yeah. for. Maybe I drank too much and got drunk and did something really crazy and maybe I went and spent the night in the jail. You know what I'm saying? But it was mm-hmm. just something so out of random character for me. And now I'm shamed about it because, especially if you're in college, I could be put on probation. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I could have just got kicked out of school for that. How do I go home and explain that to my parents? And then your parents are looking at you and then the guilt on you of disappointing your parents weighs on you. Because mm. now it's like, what do I do? I'm home. And that one mistake, you have to forgive yourself for what you did. Mm. But most of the time, I know somebody, I know a couple of people that wind up happening to that one mistake of going someplace, had a party, got drunk, wound up getting kicked out of school, had to come home from Spelman, and couldn't go back to no college. Wow. So they never graduated from any college, got this low-paying job, their life has been what it is, and they've never been able to get past it. Mm. Now you're 60-something years old and you still can't move on. Wow. I guarantee you, like, they forgive themselves first. Their life would have been totally different. And it could have went a totally a different totally way. A totally different way. But yeah. I'm just, but that's what I'm saying. So, you know, we want to heighten certain things. But sometimes it's just, a, again, the day-to-day fundamental things of forgiving yourself for decisions that you make. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like that, just that one thing, that one step. That thing that just says, you know, yeah, I'm just going to do it. Don't. Now, you you talk about steps. Let's talk about the actual steps of forgiveness right after this commercial break. Sure. We'll be right back. And we're back. Um, So, Mom, the, what are the actual steps to forgiveness? Um, maybe from your perspective or, or maybe from a book that you have or, or what? We talked about a lot. Um, One of what I feel is the most connected and fundamental of forgiveness. um, One of the first steps is not making yourself a slave or or keeping yourself in bondage to unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. Um, That does not help you in any way. It does not empower you to continue to enslave yourself um, where there is no freedom for you. Forgiveness gives you freedom. Forgiveness helps you to breathe. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness helps you to live. 
So if you want to do that, then you have to break free from the unforgiveness and forgive. So um, I know we were talking about, um, you know, and I said, you know, forgiveness is really about setting a prisoner free. You know, you have to be free from the shackles of what this burden brings to your life. Mm-hmm. Um, there's um, a saying by Henry Newman, and he says, it is freeing to become aware that we do not have to be victims of our past and can learn new ways of responding. But there is a step beyond this recognition. It is the step of forgiveness. Forgiveness is love practiced among people who loved poorly. It sets free without wanting anything in return. So you have to be able to love and accept yourself mm-hmm. above all. That's your first step. Love yourself. Even if something was done, you know, life has a way of things happening to us. Yeah. Some things we bring on ourselves and then there are just some things that just happen to us. So if you can categorize, if it's something that happened to you, some some tragedy or something, whatever that thing is that causes you to not be able to forgive, love yourself first mm-hmm. because it was something that was done to mm-hmm. you. And there's a difference when something is done to you that takes away your freedom than something that you do that causes a retribution for what you did. Mm. You, you, you understand? Yeah. So let's, let's look at that dynamic first. So the first step, and then we'll, we'll do a series and maybe after however long you do the series, we'll do one step at a time. Mm-hmm. So my first step would say, love yourself first. And forgive yourself first. Then I will ask the question this. The what or the whys. Assess whatever the situation is on why you're unable to forgive. So ask yourself like, why do I avoid the person Mm -hmm. or the event or the situation? Um, Why does this make me feel uneasy? Um... How come I have this thought when I think of? Fill in the blanks. Mm-hmm. You know, begin like journaling, writing yourself a note or, or, you know, doing something therapeutic in that manner. And this will be your first step process in order for you to understand. And then as we go along in this series, you'll be able to put all the pieces together of the puzzle. And then by the end, prayerfully, you'll be able to forgive yourself and to forgive others. So it always just starts with you. It always starts with you. It will always start with you. Because it could be somebody that's already deceased. You know how many people that are 50, 60, 70, 80 years old that are still holding unforgiveness in their heart over somebody that's dead? So what does that mean when they're dead? They're not thinking of you. Right. (laughs) Exactly. A dead person cannot think of you. So that means every day of your life or every holiday or every season that comes up, you're always thinking about this thing. So you're always taking yourself back to that moment in time and you are robbing yourself of all of your freedom again. So that means for another 20 years, you put yourself back in time and you're losing time. The, your loved ones are losing time from you. You're getting depressed. You're getting angry. You you know, people don't want to be around you because you're losing yourself in this area of time that you're stuck in. Mm-hmm. So that means you're missing out on life. But the person that did it is not thinking about you at all because they are dead. Mm. And what we don't, <laughs> you know me, I have no filter. And I believe in digging to the roots. Right. It may be hard to hear, but it doesn't make it any less truthful. Right. And at the end of the day, the person is dead, long gone, never to be resurrected. And you are still thinking about this person and they're not thinking of you. Mm. 
And so you are robbing yourself of a vivid, abundant, lively life over a dead person. It's kind of sick if you think about it. Not just sick. It's, it's, it's disheartening mm-hmm. and it's doing your life a disservice. Right. Because you're not being able to be fulfilled in your heart. And your heart doesn't have peace. You're not able to enjoy yourself. And you could have sickness and disease in your body. And your sickness and disease is coming from, from this particular root. Right. So you got diabetes. You got congestive heart failure. You have cancer. You got all these things going on with your body. That you're could... taking all these medications. You up and you're down and you're this and you're that. Why? Because of one thing that caused unforgiveness in your heart that you just will not let go because you keep saying, I can't. If you got to cry, scream, throw bottles, whatever you have to do to let yourself be free, it's okay to show emotion. And I do understand that there are, there is a generation that says you don't show emotion. But the emo- not showing emotion is killing you. Mm-hmm. Killing you. Yeah. So you're going to be just as dead alive as the person that is really physically dead in the ground. Come on. Because you have a lot of walking dead. Mm. Because they're just existing. Breathing, but not living. I heard that somewhere literally like recently. Like there's just a lot of just, just mass. Yeah. Walking around. You're and, just and walking. You're you're living. You're breathing. Yeah. Because you're breathing, you're considered living. But you're not really living. It's like you're, you're a zombie. You're existing. Yeah, you're... Whoa. And who wants to be in this world to exist? Right. What's the point? You might as well be dead. Because if the life of everything that's in you is dead, what joy in that? And then the people around you don't really want to be around you yeah. because everything that comes out of your mouth is always angry and nasty. Yeah. Nobody wants to be around people like that. Yeah. So in order to not feel angry or, or be nasty or, or resentful. You have to deal with your emotions. Yeah. And you have to deal with those things that caused you unforgiveness. But again, you have to look at yourself. It all starts with you once again. So, as we close, because this was a lot, and we're definitely going to have another episode for the... You got to deal with the children. You got to deal with emotional trauma. Yeah. So, we're definitely going to do another episode about forgiveness because there are more steps that, you know... A lot more. That that we'll talk about. Um, But, Mom, like, what, what would... For your final thought, what would you say? I pray that this... um episode actually I'm glad that you're doing this and I do pray that you know that the words that I speak really pierces the heart of your listeners Mm -hmm. that they do hear what I am saying and they receive what's being said and that they begin to be broken in a heart way Mm -hmm. and that they really begin to seek the help and to get the healing and forgiveness that they are looking for yeah so if if somebody listens and they want to hear more from you where where to find you? Hey, they can call me. 347-409-0288. Um, they can hit me on Instagram. It's Dr. U-Y-L-J-J-R. Mm-hmm. Um, they can email me at... Which one? Um, what's my email address? Uh, U-Y-L-Ministries at gmail.com. Okay. Um, so, yeah. You know, they can hit you through you. Yeah. And, and you can give them my information too. Yeah, I'm always here to talk. Um, you can look at my webpage, PTMU, the number one, PTMU1 at uh, dot com. Okay. PTMU1.com, yeah. And, um, you know, we have our podcast too, Passing on the Mantle with Pastor Undina. So you can search us on there and mm-hmm. you can reach me out there. Um, I'm definitely on Facebook. So it's, you know, my name on Facebook, Passing on the Mantle on Facebook. So I'm all over everywhere. You Absolutely. just, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's very true um so as to close it all starts with you um and i also do pray that you know this episode and the episodes to come you know will will start you know breaking the the chains that that you know are restricting you from living um this this whole summer series is 
it's not for me and for my mom to, you know, get our names out there to try and have some type of, of sort of success. Cause we know that we're just going to be successful through, you know, through wherever God takes us. Um, but it's, this summer series is about you yeah. and what you're going through. And, and we really want people to have breakthrough in their life. Yeah. Like we really want them to be in a good space of breakthrough Yeah. because there's so many things that can hinder you. You know, people, you know, they want blessings. They want prosperity. They want, you know, everybody wants to think and grow rich and, you know, all this stuff, but you can't do that when your emotions are jacked up. Right. You know? So, you know, again, as Ezra saying that we're ending, but you know, it's just my desire to just want people to get it. I want people to be able to experience manifested breakthrough in their life. Yeah. Growth, you know, exponential growth and be able to sustain their growth. Not just hearing fluffy words that make it sound good. Right. But no. to be able to see the manifestation of consistent growth because you're dealing with root issues. And sometimes if you don't know who to talk to... That's what I'm here for. Like, you know, I I do all the kind of talking and counseling and all kinds of things. Um, And then there's sometimes families don't know how to dialogue. We're here to give you the tools to be able to do that and be able to do it successfully. Not to say everything is perfect, but it's work. Mm -hmm. And if you put the work in, the benefits will come. Yeah. Uh, Honestly. That's Patches. He wanted you. uh, you know, y'all, I hate this cat that I have Don't in my hate house. My cat. I, 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 <laughs> Don't hate my cat. I, but I forgive him, though, <laughs> for being so annoying. But as one more thing, like this this whole series, once again, is no, is raw, is transparent, uncut. It's going to be raw. It's is, is real stuff. Um, I'm learning from these episodes. My mom is good. Is, I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning, too. So... We're learning together, um, and we're helping each other together. So, this is the first summer series episode, and there's going to be way more. So, we'll see you soon. Have a good one.